Hey everyone, welcome to the New Heart Church Leadership Podcast. Grab some notes and get yourself ready because here comes a leadership download. Here we go. Uh, all right, how's everybody doing? You doing good? Shout out to everybody who's listening right now. So glad that you're listening right now. All right, uh, when we're talking about leadership, one of the things that I've heard uh, over and over with leadership, or maybe you've heard this too, that um, that vision uh, leaks, um, meaning that you have to one of the one of the best things you can do as a leader is uh, repeat things, and that can get boring quickly because you feel like you've said this before. And so, you know, any parent knows this. I told you this. Why are you not doing it? And you say it over and over and over again. Now, before, you know, as a parent, before you get like, that's right, I'm so, well, this is how God is with us. You know, like over and over, I wish you get this. You know, and we give ourselves grace all the time. You know, like, I'm just trying to get it. Uh, But this is a tried and true thing in leadership. You don't say things two times and then just say, okay, they're going to get it. Like, you have to, vision leaks, leadership leaks. And so you have to continually fill that for people. Now, there is a personal responsibility for the person to change and to listen and to do those things. But uh, there's also a responsibility for a leader to continually put vision in front of people. And so uh, as you do that, you realize that it can get a little, um, uh, it can get a little monotonous saying those things, doing the same things, uh, trying to get people to uh, move in a certain direction, and you've said it 15 times. And so when things get monotonous, uh, it is important to, okay, how can I get my leadership to stay fresh? Okay? Like how, how uh, I love what Carissa says this a lot, um, how, how can I keep uh, that joy on my first day? around me when I've been doing this for 10 years, right? Like, how can, it, how can I feel? Now, now, like, extrapolate this over your whole life. How can I feel like I just got saved? How can I make that fresh? How can, how can my, when I start praying to God, how can I feel like it's the first time I prayed to him? How, how can I keep the Bible fresh? When I open up the Bible, it's not the same old, it's fresh. Again, how, how, when I come on Sunday morning uh, and I'm leading my team, how can I make that feel fresh? How can I make, uh, when I walk into worship on Sunday morning, that I'm not having 18 other things I'm thinking about. I'm like, wow, I get to do this, and it's fresh, again, just like the first time. Like, when you start thinking about that, especially in, in your leadership, how can I make it feel fresh? How can I, because that's where the energy comes from. That's where the excitement comes from. That's where the passion comes from. That's where people get excited w- with what you're saying because it's not monotonous. It is fresh. 
And I started thinking about this and thinking about the idea of Israel being led by God and the manna, the bread, that he was miraculously providing for them and how that was fresh, but also how it turned not fresh to them. And, and some of the pitfalls that can happen in your leadership that turn your freshness into, it, it feels almost rotten. And so I, I wanted to just talk through these very quickly. Uh, one, um, uh, this, this scripture, then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven. That's awesome. Rain down bread from heaven for you. <laughs> I like bread too. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring. They they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather. On the other days, the Lord said, "I'm going to rain down this manna, this bread from heaven, for you, and the people are to go out each day and gather." One of the one of the things that will uh, rot your leadership especially when we're talking about freshness, is entitlement. And the reason I say entitlement is because they were supposed to go out and get the manna. Right? Right? That's what God said. They're supposed to go out and get the manna. They weren't supposed to sit in their tent, open up their mouth, and God was going to baby bird them with manna and, and just, you know, you don't even have to move. Right? The, what was the gift? The gift was the manna. Where was the effort? Get up, go out, and get it. So many times we think, well, God's grace is, is supposed to do. No, no, no. God's grace is a free gift, but there is effort that we put into, we make every effort. And what that means is God will say something like, get up, go out in the morning and get that thing. But entitlement, where you think that everything is supposed to come to you, actually will destroy the freshness that's supposed to be in your leadership. And so there, there are times where there, where there needs to be effort that is put into your leadership, where, where it is, I'm going to get up early and I'm going to do this thing, or I'm going to pray for this, or I'm going to fast for this. Or, now, listen, it's not earning, so don't get, that con, it, don't get that confused and think you're trying to earn God's grace, because there's no way you could earn that manna. That manna is a free gift that's coming out, but there is a way that you miss the manna, and if you miss the manna, it's probably because you didn't get up and go get it. And so there are moments that you have to put yourself in position for the freshness of leadership. To be. So if you feel like your freshness in leadership is starting to dwindle, a lot of times it might be that you're not putting the effort where it needs to be. You need to get up and go somewhere. You need to do something that God, and, and ask God, God, what, where do I need to get up and go? What things do I need to do? At this moment, because I don't want to miss the free gift that you've given. I don't want to miss that. And so, and, and notice that God said, I, I did this because I wanted to see if they follow my instructions. 
Obedience plays a huge part in having freshness in your leadership. Then uh, uh, verse 17 says, The Israelites did what they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by Omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. So they were doing exactly what God said. Everyone had gathered, gathered just as much as they needed. Because God said every day, I want you to go out and get this. Then Moses said to him, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. And they kept part of it until morning. Right? But it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Now this is like a direct correlation of freshness. Like... It rotted right then. And this one is pride. Because God told them to do it one way. And what did they do? They did it absolutely their way. So anytime pride gets into your leadership and you're like, I'm going to do it my way, maybe another leader has, maybe the leader that you are, uh, that is over you at this moment has told you, I think you need to do it this way. I think you need to do it this way. And you're like, no, I'm going to show them. The moment pride starts getting in there, it will rot your leadership. The moment you feel like you need to show everybody that you're right, that you need to show everybody, hey, they need to see. I, I can't wait to show them so they can find. I don't know who you need to, uh, you need to get approval from. Or who you're thinking, man, when I finally do it, a lot of times it's people that have wronged us. And, and when people who have wronged us have done that, we want to show them that, see, I was right. I did it the right way. You better come and look at it. And, and, and when you let that pride start getting into your leadership, it ruins the freshness of that leadership. And it's just rotten. The words you say, they're rotten. The motives you have are rotten. The way that you want to go about things are rotten. It just doesn't work right because it's pride that has gotten in the way. That's why God says pride always comes before fall. You're always wondering, man, I thought this was going to be so fresh, but then you looked at it and it's covered in maggots and the reason that it is, is because you didn't do it God's way. You do it, did it your way. And that moment always will rot that leadership that you wanted to keep so fresh. Where we get into, um, we get into our headspace and we think, okay, I'm just going to do it my way, uh, uh, like, and especially with leaders, um, this can this can happen because uh, leaders are are ones. Whether you're leading your family, you're leading at your job, you're leading uh, yourself, you're leading different things at church, you're leading uh, different people. Um, you know, leaders are meant to kind of go out there and 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 be the person. You know that that is giving the instruction that is that is uh, giving the way that we should go. And if you're not careful, you can start letting pride get there. You can start let you can start let pride become what you think is leadership. Pride is not leadership. And so many times we confuse the two. Because they might look the same. But they're not the same. 
Pride says, I'm going to do it my way, and everybody else get out of the way, and you look at me. But really good, godly leadership says, we are going to do it God's way, exactly the way God says. And that doesn't matter what anybody else is trying to say. We're going to do it the way God says. And we're going to keep it right there. And it brings such a humility to the group that you're leading because it's God. This is what, this is what God wants. And it takes all the pride out of it. So uh, to use me in an example, as our church continues to grow, this is not my thing. I, I'm not the mastermind behind this. I'm not the one who grows people spiritually. I'm not the one who is uh, the person that's bringing everybody to our church. I'm not the one who's saving anyone. I'm not the one who's forgiving anybody of sin. I'm not the one who is healing people's hearts. I'm not the one who is putting bandages on church hurt and people hurt and wounds that have been there for years. I'm not the one who is reaching into people's souls and breathing life into them. That is not who I am, and that's not who I'm, what I'm doing. God is the one who is doing that. We are making ways for God to move. And if you can do that and get your pride out of it, then the leadership stays pretty fresh. And then this last part, then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. So there were, there were foreigners, there were people that weren't Israelites that were traveling with the Israelites. So they weren't people of God, or they weren't the people that God would say, these are my people, but they were with them. And they began to crave the good things of Egypt. And look at this. And the people of Israel also began to complain. So it matters the people that you have around you as a leader. It matters. It, it matters the words that they say. Those things affect you. So things like when we have prayer and leadership at the church, things like having a great connect group, things like having um, uh, immovable Sunday morning where we're just always here, we're always serving, those kind of, because you want to have good people around you because what, what people say around you will affect you. Now, it affects some people more than others, but it does affect us all. And so they had some, some, uh, some people that just had the wrong expectation, and so they're complaining. And then it said, and the people of Israel also began to complain, and they said, oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. Remember, we remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. Do, do you see how messed up people can get when they start complaining? We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. We had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. Are you kidding me? You remember all the fish you ate for free in Egypt? It wasn't free. You paid for it with your life. You were a slave. You were being beaten day in and day out. It wasn't free. 
But when people start complaining, they start rewriting history. And they start rewriting things that they saw. And they start rewriting their feelings. And they start looking back and saying all of these things that aren't true. And then look at what they said. They said, but now our appetites are gone and all we ever see is this manna. It's not fresh anymore. Because one of the biggest things that will kill your freshness is complaining is where you just start looking at everything you don't have. And you start looking at everything that's wrong. You start looking at everything that you wish you could change. And you start looking at, well, what about this? And what about that? Why isn't it like this? And why isn't it like that? And you start taking the wheel from where God is driving your bus. And you start thinking, I can do this. And you let pride start getting in there. But all the while, you're complaining about everything. And you're rewriting the things that are going on that back in the day when you were a slave and you, listen, Israel prayed for 400 years to be free. 400 years to be free. And in the, the span, I, I want to say, uh, I, I'm not certain, but this could, I think it could be about six years. In the span of six years, 400 years of prayers don't matter. Because of complaining. Oh, I'm just going to go back to Egypt. We got all our fish for free. Okay? They also killed your sons. They, they, they literally went in and killed your kids. How sick is that? You, that you forget those things. That, and how many times have we forgotten the goodness of God? of where he's brought us from and every miracle that he's done each and every day. And we wake up in the morning and all we see is lack and we don't have this thankful heart that says, God, thank you for this manna. Thank you for sustaining me when no one else could sustain me. Thank you for bringing me out here when no one else could bring me out here. I know there's some things I'm still praying for, but I'm not going to let those things that I'm still praying for be bigger than the things that I'm thankful for. And so I'm going to continually remind myself that, God, you're the one who brought us out here. You're the one who was the miracle worker. You're the one that saved my marriage. You're the one that brought this thing together. You're the one that gave me new life. You're the one that saved me from my sin. You're the one that gave me all of these things that, God, I don't ever want to take for granted because the moment I start taking them for granted, the freshness in my leadership starts to leave. And I start looking at it and saying, this manna, instead of looking at it and saying, this manna. Like, what in the world? How do we get to do what we get to do each and every day? One of the things that I was so, uh, that I just love every week is when we get to get up here and just remind ourselves of stories of God's faithfulness in people's lives. Because we need it. Because we are all like Israel. All of us wake up in the morning and say, man, what about, I need to get some free fish. I want to go back to Egypt. All of us have those tendencies. 
But we need to be reminded of God's goodness and faithfulness and start thanking him for the things that he's done. And the moment you start thanking him for the things that he has done, the grip of complaining starts to leave. Listen, this is the last thing I'm going to say. I have never been more thankful for a plug that you can plug in and it works. Till this week. Right? Unfortunately, give me three weeks and I'll be walking around my house not even thinking about it. Because we, a lot of times, we're not, we're not realizing the good things that we have until they're gone. And some of the most happiest, freshest people are the ones that are able to keep gifts in front of them all the time. Just keep it in front of you. Because the way that the devil wants to steal your freshness and leadership is to remind you of all the things you don't have. And the moment you keep saying, wow, look what God has done. 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 Your leadership stays fresh. And you become a leader that can, so, so, Here's the last thing. Uh, I mean, I could keep talking about this, but I'm not. If you can stay fresh in leadership, this is how you can stay in ministry for 20, 30 years, doing things in church, doing things with your family, doing things with other people, and feeling so good about it. And burnout doesn't touch you because it's just fresh. It's fresh all the time. But if you want freshness, you have to make sure that you put in the intentional effort. You got to push away pride. And you got to cultivate a Thanksgiving heart. And keep you fresh. And so every week, every day, you wake up and you're like, oh, God, thank you for this manna. Thank you. This is awesome. You saved me. No way I can save myself. So, Father, we pray that this morning, God, you would help us with our leadership. Help us to stay fresh. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys are all awesome. Let's have a great Thursday.